Welcome to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. A fun new TV show explores the world of indigenous science and how it influences the modern world around us. Lee Francis is the native version of Bill Nye the Science Guy. He brings culture and traditional methods to the educational discussion. Coming up, we'll talk with Lee and the creators of the series about indigenous knowledge. We're back right after the news. This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. The U.S. Department of Justice announced this week it will scale up efforts to confront the crisis of missing and murdered indigenous women, girls, and two-spirit people. Bert Johnson with the Mountain West News Bureau has more. The DOJ will prioritize grant funding to help tribal governments protect their communities from sex trafficking. That includes two-spirit people who are at disproportionate risk of being victimized. They belong to a non-binary gender category that was honored by many indigenous cultures before colonization. The department also plans to compile educational material aimed at protecting Native youth in a single online portal. Taylor Patterson is executive director of the Native Voters Alliance Nevada and a member of the Bishop Paiute tribe. She says the need for federal resources is greater than ever. That's because the pandemic is putting Native Americans and other people of color at greater risk for human trafficking and domestic violence. A lot of people that would have been able to leave home or would have been able to find safe haven have not been able to do that. Patterson says it takes a lot of time and resources to prosecute abusers because of the complicated jurisdictional boundaries between tribal nations and the federal government. I'm hopeful, though, that there's getting to be more and more attention on this topic and more and more people are getting involved in how to stop it. Last year, the Department of Interior announced a task force to help coordinate investigations into those cases by federal and tribal authorities. I'm Bert Johnson. A bill in the New Mexico legislature to create an annual event called Missing in New Mexico is being heard Friday in the House Committee. The legislation requires the Department of Public Safety to sponsor the Missing Persons Day event. It would provide an opportunity for individuals and families to file a missing persons report or update existing reports, submit DNA, meet with an investigator, and receive support services. The one-day event would bring together multiple partners of government and national organizations. Lawmakers who sponsored the bill say the event is a step to improving missing persons reports and offer families the opportunity to draw awareness to their relatives' cases. The legislation was developed with work of the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Relatives Task Force, which was created in 2019 and expanded last year. Meanwhile, advocates and families plan to march to the state capitol in Santa Fe Friday to host a Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women event. Two movies will be screened on MMIW topics. According to the state's Missing Persons Clearinghouse, as of January 1st, there were 946 missing persons and 20 unidentified persons reported in the National Crime Information Center. Haskell Indian Nations University in Lawrence, Kansas, will continue the spring semester online for now. Leaders informed students Thursday saying the delay to reopen campus is due to high COVID-19 cases in the county. 
The Student Government Association sent a letter to administrators urging for the tribal college to reopen, saying it's been a difficult start with no buildings or services available in person. Not all students want to go back to the classroom. Haskell senior Alicia Swimmer says while she misses in-person instruction, student clubs, and services, safety is her top concern. I'm going to wear my mask. I don't know how this is going. I don't know how long it's going to go on either. And I'm also a mother of an 11-year-old, and I also help take care of my elderly mother. We all live in Lawrence here, and I'd rather keep them safe than go and go back to business as usual. So I think it's because people are too quick to try to get back. That's why it's not going away. It's getting worse. Classes started online on January 18th. Leaders will revisit the issue in March. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support by Vision Maker Media, currently seeking documentary film proposals for public media television broadcasting that represent the cultures, experiences, and perspectives of Native Americans and Alaska Natives. Deadline for submission is Friday, February 11th at visionmakermedia.org. Support by Strong Hearts Native Helpline, providing no-charge confidential support and resources to Native Americans affected by domestic and sexual violence 24-7 at 1-844-7-NATIVE or strongheartshelpline.org. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. This is Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Have you ever wondered why adobe bricks and buildings don't collapse in the rain? How about the color of blue corn? Why is it blue? If you are a naturally curious person, you might appreciate the fast-paced episodes of a new web series called Indigigenius. The host of the show, a guy you've heard on this show plenty of times, is Dr. Lee Francis IV from Laguna Pueblo. In the show, he explores Native America's ingenious inventions and sciences. Here's audio from the promo. Hey there, I'm Dr. Lee Francis IV, Pueblo, writer, indigenerd, and your host. Indigenous communities across Turtle Island and around the world have long known how to live off the land. They use their traditional knowledge and the natural world to develop tools and technology that we continue to use today. Mother Earth and the elements are staples of early innovation and helped pave the path of our modern lifestyles. Have you ever wondered why the Earth's soil makes perfect sustainable building material? Or why blue corn is blue? Who came up with jerky? Our digital series explores indigenous knowledge passed on from generation to generation and the way it has helped shape our modern world. We'll share some history on various topics and also share stories from indigenous people and their perspectives. Join us as we take a journey around the globe here on Indigigenius. Indigigenius is distributed by New Mexico PBS and funded partly by Vision Maker Media. It premieres on February 15th. A noted disclosure, Vision Maker Media is a financial sponsor of Native America Calling's parent company, Conic Broadcast. If you were in an editorial meeting with the creators of Indigigenius, 
What interesting and awesome science and technology would you like to have explored from your native community? Call in and help us celebrate indigenous knowledge. We're at 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. Well, folks, that idea of an editorial meeting with the creators of Indigigenius, we're going to make it happen on today's show. Joining us today from Carborough, North Carolina, is Dr. Lee Francis IV. He is the host, producer, and writer of Indigenius and the CEO and founder of Native Realities. He's Laguna Pueblo. Lee, you know the drill. Welcome back to Native America Calling. Guasi, <laughs> uh, everybody. It's so great. Thank you again to be able to come back to Native America Calling. Uh, it, it's always such a pleasure. It's always an honor. I've been able to be in the, you know, the chair from a time or two, and uh, you know, we're we're very digital and virtual these days. But it's still uh, so great to 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 be back on the show. Doa, hey, brother. Also on our show today, joining us from Albuquerque, New Mexico, is Anthony Rodriguez. He's the concept creator and director of Indigenius. Anthony, welcome to Native America Calling. Hi, folks. Uh, thanks for having me on, and I appreciate. Uh, yeah, you guys giving a look and a nod at this great show we got together. Well, you bet, Anthony. So happy you're able to join us today. Lee, as mentioned, you're an old friend of NAC. Not only have you been a guest on our show many times, but you've even hosted before. Moreover, throughout your career, you have been involved in so many really cool projects. You're an educator, an activist, comic creator, and now this latest title, Nerd. Lee, start talking. Tell us about this new TV show you and Anthony have going on. Oh, yeah. So uh, it, coming from uh, Anthony and the, the wonderful creative minds, uh, you know, with Vision Makers uh, and, and a PBS, um, this idea to create a show of uh, one of the PBS digital, uh, you know, special kind of quick bits around, um, you know, indigenous innovation. And I was very fortunate to be approached by Anthony to come in and say, like, he's like, oh, do you want to write? you want to join us on this? Uh, and we're also looking for a host. So I was like, I, I can host too. Can I audition? Because I thought that would be kind of awesome. So uh, you got a, a, a good two for one because I write and, uh, and I'm also, you know, a, apparently I'm okay on the screen. Um, so yeah. And, uh, and basically the idea was to highlight innovations of Native peoples that we still really use today and in many ways uh, that have have emerged from indigenous peoples and native peoples um you know for thousands of years uh, adobe bricks and blue cornmeal and uh, bead making and waterproofing and a lot of these things that that we go over in the show in really quick bites so the idea is that folks get the chance to kind of learn a little bit uh really where these innovations come from especially you know from indigenous communities and then and then furthering that conversation like here's where you go to look and so you know, we were able to develop this this really cool show. Uh, you know, had a great group working group to put all the pieces together. Well, Lee, you mentioned you know some of these topics, Adobe, cornmeal, and you cover a wide range of native cultures and regions. It's not just Southwest. And I'm curious, how do you how does your team pick these topics for the show? Well, I think we went. Through, I don't know, uh, Anthony can correct me as well, but I think we originally had, I think there was like maybe four or five that we really wanted to, to touch on um, in the first, kind of the initial pitch that I think that Anthony put together. Uh, and so we had kind of, you know, uh, kind of talked a little bit about those and, 
and started, I remember, you know, our early kind of writer's room creative team planning, we had gone through and we're looking at, okay, well, what do we want to say about this? And what are some of the areas? What's the science behind all of this? And then for the later stuff, we, it was a little bit open pitch, like, what do we want to, what do we want to cover? Right. So we kind of went through uh, the back half of the episodes, really figuring out what, what were some other cool things that we wanted to, to touch on? I think we, we had, I was a big advocate for bead making because I had just done some work with the uh, native New York exhibit uh, in New York city at the national museum of the American Indian. And so I was wanting to talk about bead making and specifically like wampum, like what does that mean, right? The science behind the shells, uh, the idea of currency, et cetera. So I pitched that one out there, and I think we had we just threw a bunch of them in the hopper uh, to kind of see which ones we could really take on and which ones we could find, you know, a, a good background for and really also discuss the innovation, um, you know, that wasn't, you know, that wasn't always science-based. It could be political science. It could be physical science. It could be emotional science, you know, communications. We did a whole thing on communications because I, I thought that would be really interesting. I think I also pitched out map making, right, because looking at like these early, you know, the, the ways in which Native folks have made maps or, you know, not the way that we think of like a, you know, like, the, like a rolled up scroll with an X that pirates have, but I was like, we – we created, you know, like maps on stones. We created maps on, you know, papyrus. You know, I'm just not entirely, <laughs> but, you know, like we use multiple mediums in order to yeah. create maps to relate physical space. Well, the Indigenous, this is a TV and web-based series. And, and who is the target audience for the show? Well, for me, the target audience is always going to be Native young folks. I've spent my life in education. That's, you know, that's even what I do with Indigenous stuff, making comics and everything else. I want Native young folks to be able to reflect on, on who they are, not from the westernized pop culture mentality, but still, even though we've had great breakthroughs this last couple of years with, you know, some incredible television shows and much more accurate positive representation – uh, we're still, you know, rolling up against 400 years of, you know, uh, a, a misinformed or a stereotypical identity of Native peoples. And so something like this for, for the young people that I've worked with in the past and that I want to see continue forward, this is something that they can be like, hey, we are geniuses. We are indigenous geniuses. Look at what we've done and what we continue to do and what we will do in the future. And so that's always, for me personally, my target audience I think for the show and the team, it's, it's, you know, it's a parallel. We have that group, and then we also have a group you know, for, for non-Native folks who've never heard of this stuff before, who, who mm. don't realize where some of these, these things come from. Like these are, these are, you know, we, We've been doing it for a thousand years, and now people are rediscovering a lot of the stuff, right? The rediscovering mode. It's like, right. oh, we should be using natural medicinals, or we should be using this. It's better for your face and your skin and your body. And <laughs> Native folks are standing there being like, yeah, we know. Welcome back. It's nice to see you again. <laughs> We've been telling you that for a long time. Come on. It's okay. You get to come back in now. <laughs> well, that's what's so fascinating. You said, it's, I mean, this stuff has been around for, for millennia, and uh, some people just kind of need a wake-up call, I guess. Well, you know, Lee, I, I got to tell you, I had my eight-year-old daughter watch a few of the Indigenous clips that you and Anthony sent over to our producers and my motivation was kind of like a modern version of those old life serial commercials with that kid Mikey, right? Like if an eight-year-old <laughs> likes it, that's the test, okay? And I'm happy to report that she watched all the clips and then was disappointed when there weren't any more to watch. 
so I think that's great to hear. That <laughs> yeah, that fills me. That fills my heart. I very much appreciate that. An indigenerd was born. Let's put it that way. Brilliant, brilliant. So Lee, you know, like obviously, you know, you're gearing this to a wide range of of target audiences, but there's definitely a focus on on kids, like you mentioned. And what do you hope that they do with this knowledge that you're passing on through the show? I hope that they it it builds who they are. Um, one, I hope, yeah, I think one, I, I hope it grounds them, right? It grounds them in an understanding of ancestral knowledge uh, and how how brilliant their ancestors were and what is passed on to them, right? Like, you know, it's not just, I mean, we all know that grandma's brilliant, right? But, you know, grandma and grandpa are, are you know, they're, they're obviously amazing, right? So they're, they're superheroes. But even farther than that, this ancestral knowledge, this indigenous knowledge that's been passed down and the ways in which we, we, we do uh, a lot of what we do and, and, and understanding that, you know, that we were scientists, um, that we were innovators, that we were knowledge seekers. And that, I think, is really the core. Like what I, would, I want for young folks is, is to continue to be knowledge seekers, to continue to be curious, to, be, to continue to explore uh, you know, the world around them and to continue to use these traditions and refine them and, and build upon them and use this like I, like I always used to say in the classroom, I was like, your knowledge is, you know, it, it's, it's a backpack. You always carry it with you. you everything is in there, the, everything that you need. And as you're walking forward, you don't, you don't, you don't, you're not going to stop. You're going to keep walking forward, but you're carrying all of this, this wealth, right. this, this joy, this beauty, this celebration with you. Well, folks, we're listening to Dr. Lee Francis IV, and he's talking about this new show coming up, Genius. And if you've got some questions, give us a call, 1-800-996-2848. We'll be back right after the break. A new group of inspired Native young people is starting a year-long program to develop their leadership skills and apply them to their passions. We'll talk with the 2022 Champions for Change, learn about their passions, and what drives them to lift up their communities. That's on the next Native America Calling. Hey, you're listening to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. We're talking with the creators of a new TV show called Indigenius. It focuses on indigenous science and knowledge and answers the questions you always wanted to ask, like, why is an Orno oven shaped like a gumdrop? Why is juniper ash so great for cooking? If you're curious about something and always want to get down to the science of it, join our conversation and tell us. 1-800-996-2848. That's the number to call. I had a chance to look at an episode and a few rough cuts of some other episodes of Indigenous, and they're all pretty interesting. It looks like they all start with some kind of an opening skit that leads to the host, Lee, to take over and take the audience deeper into a main topic. Here's an example of what Indigenous sounds like. Carmen, give me directions to Appleville Powwow Fairgrounds. 
Calculating route to Apple Store. No, no, no. Appleville Powwow Fairgrounds. Calculating route to Appleton, Wisconsin. Ugh. Make two lefts and then a right. At the dead end, make a U-turn then follow the tree line until you see two cows standing oh, in a no, field. That's not right. Hey, maybe this guy knows where we're going. Hey, what's up? Hey there. You need a little help finding your way around these parts? Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Carmine's a little off today. Ah, indeed. Mapping is complicated. But did you know that indigenous people have been master cartographers for thousands of years? I'll tell you all about it today on Indigigenius. Who are you, who are you talking to? That was some audio from the cartography episode of Indigigenius. Lee, where can people catch the show? How do we watch? Uh, it's going to be online. So it'll be, uh, you know, you head to New Mexico PBS. I think there's links over at Vision Makers as well. Um, I'll be promoting it. So you can check out my Instagrams and all of the social media pages. So we'll be promoting it out. And when the links come available, uh, that's probably all the channels you can take a look at. Okay, good. So because it's online, even folks that are outside of New Mexico, they can still watch, right? Yes, as far as I know, unless Anthony corrects me when he's chatting, but uh, I believe it is a whole digital enterprise. Well, let's bring Anthony into the discussion now. Again, Anthony Rodriguez, uh, concept creator of Indigenius. Anthony, what inspired you to come up with the series? Yeah, that's a... That's a long story, but I think I can shorten it for you and uh, kind of bring you to that. Um, really, uh, it kind of started with PBS Digital Studios training. Um, I used to work at New Mexico PBS before my current job. Uh, and so I went out there for some training, and it was really centered around, you know, creating new digital series and how you go about that and just different ways and topic focuses and stuff. And so while being out there, I really wanted to come up and, like, do something and get something out of the training. And so – kind of started with a catchy title. You know, I, I had done a lot of work in indigenous communities and stuff through New Mexico PBS on the stories we covered. And so it really just sparked from like, you know, can I do indigenous concepts? Like, is it indigenous, indigenous, boom, indigenous, <laughs> right? So the, the title sort of led me into, well, what is it, if I say that, what does that mean? And then so I had to kind of really dive deep into some research um, and, and some background and some ways that I thought this could be achievable. And so on the plane back, I wrote a proposal and got that in. And it took some time, but we sent that out to vision makers when the time was right, got the funding, and that all kind of came to be. But the inspiration kind of comes from uh, uh, two different places. I would say personally, it's just I've been in New Mexico, born and raised, and so we're surrounded by Pueblos and tribal communities. And so it's just always been at the forefront of both the history of the state I've lived in and, and sort of you know, close to home. But secondary, a lot of the work that I've done um, led me through those communities. And so I kind of kept coming over the same concept that a lot of things we looked at was like, been doing it, done it before, it's helped everybody. And I kept coming up with that same idea. And so um, I thought there was just something that was not just local to the Southwest, like you mentioned, but global, that there was something global here that we're forgetting to talk about. And so as filmmakers, I think it's important for us to kind of dive deep into what our concepts and what creations we want to do and think about the impact or the reach that they can have. And that's important for us as filmmakers and, and writers and people who craft the narrative that people watch and subscribe to. I think that we have to be very careful about what we do and how we do it. And so I thought 
you know, again, the narratives that have been left out or underrepresented would be something I would much rather work on than anything that's already been done. And some of this isn't really new either. A lot of people are kind of highlighting indigenous people or concepts or businesses already. They just, you know, haven't branded it as such. But it is happening around you. And so we just want to help add to that and, and really strengthen that across the board. And, of course, once we found Lee, uh, it was rocking. Um, it kind of all came together after the host and writer jumped in. And he really <laughs> did a great job at, at making it work for a global audience and really crafting something that was careful and thoughtful and yeah, for sure. And Anthony, you know, these topics, uh, indigenous science, engineering, food ways, are these, was this information new to you or is this stuff that you've learned about through the show? Yeah, very new, actually. Some of it, I think one of the very first concept ideas came from blue corn mush. And that was through, I think, some traditional foods pieces we had done in the past. And the ash edition was really like a cool science learning for me. So um, ash and the amount of calcium in it and like, it just seemed like a strange way to go about doing something, but there was a reason for each step and stuff that, you know, could be established with science now, but back then, you know, um, what was the reason for it? And that's the emphasis on the traditional knowledge and the science and how, you know, before we think of the modern pieces of science, uh, there was a lot already known and a lot going on in terms of nutrition and so many other topics, architecture and design, engineering, and we want to explore all of those and all indigenous communities across the world. Now, how long are the episodes and how many are there in total? Yes, yeah, so the first season um, will be 12 episodes. Um, you got a 13th, so it's kind of like a teaser trailer. But yeah, thir- uh, 12 episodes, and they're about five minutes each, approximately some a little longer, some a little shorter. Mm, but they're in that range, and so really quick and easy, and we hope that it doesn't sometimes go all the way into the subjects or details, but we get the best view and we, we make sure that we acknowledge how other indigenous folks do it differently than maybe just the topic we picked. And then uh, I hope that it inspires folks to go learn more, right? Because you'll, you'll get enough out of it for the concept, but we hope that people want to dive deeper into these things and, and seek it out themselves. Now, does PBS have a lot of Native content? That's a good question, and I, you know, I don't want to speak out of turn or, or for them, but they do. I mean, they do cover a lot of it from their shows, but nothing that I would say that is like native forward or native specific sometimes, and something that really grasps around that idea. You know, New Mexico in Focus has done um, pieces about traditional foods or knowledge or different stories between communities and pueblos. Colotas has done many native artists or other folks happening in that, so they do. But in terms of like actually having something very specific native forward, native first, that's new. Now, do you have your own personal favorite episode or topic that you cover? Uh, let's see. I mean, I really like them all. I can say the topic. I think my favorite part is every time I think people are going to realize they get to guess how Lee is going to show up. And I think that's a fun thing. So people will see what we mean when it starts rolling out. But uh, Lee is a very entertaining person. So the comedy is what I enjoy about all the episodes is that, you know, there can be such a seriousness and a, a very, uh, you know, uh, contemplative about, you know, documentaries and a lot of Native issues and stuff. But we wanted to bring forward the comedy because we think that's an important piece of, of a lot of Indigenous communities is, is humor. And so that's my favorite part. Yeah, it's it, that really makes it with Lee as the host and, and then those native guests. And, and some of those guests that appear to the show, I mean, are those friends? Are they colleagues? How do you folks get those other people that appear on the show with Lee? 
Yeah, that's actually a good. Um, I'll speak to the larger point of that. But most of our talent in uh, on-screen folks are indigenous or native and from different pueblos uh, or tribes. And so my my goal in making this series was that if it's going to be about indigenous people and, and native topics, then it should be created and made with as many indigenous and native folks as we can put on the team. So when I look for casting, I, I specifically want that, you know, in terms of who can be on screen and help speak to that. Same with the host. And then some of our crew and other like Charles Montoya is another um, uh, fellow who helps us with some of the acoustic guitar in the back. Um, and so there's a lot of folks who that was my mission. And, and I don't want to, you know, I will be on this project for a while, but my goal is that it, it sort of gets taken over by the community that it's about and really pushes forward that way too. Well, I'm curious because, you know, you've been in this, doing this kind of work for a, a long time. And what did you learn or have you learned anything specific with regard to the editing and the directing with this project as opposed to other stuff you've worked on? Yeah, I think the newest thing for me um, would really be like when you go to film school, there can be a lot of um, emphasis on cinema and big film and a lot of the things that I think are great. And I think they, they totally work for an industry and for jobs. But I think when we're teaching folks about filmmaking and that's native or non-native, it doesn't have to be just with the box they teach you, right? This is kind of new. It's on a green screen. It's got animation. It's got graphics. And so that was a new thing for me is putting so many different pieces together all in one show. But I also, like, it was a nice move away from some of the documentary or some of the other more, like, formal, I think, pieces and, and structures that it was really free. And that I really appreciated that. And that's, that's what I kind of learned through this process was not having, uh, you know, it's about creating the content and getting it out and making it fun and making it interesting. And we don't have to spend so much time maybe on uh, the formalities of the cinema world that we've been taught sometimes in school. Cause that's kind of where I came from. <laughs> the formalities of cinema school. Well, folks, please give us a call. 1-800-996-2848. We've got a really fun, interesting, cool discussion going on with the creators of this new show, Indigenous, Anthony Rodriguez and Lee Francis. And Anthony, I'm curious, how long did it take you folks to film this first series from start to finish? Yeah, talk about another fun story. Um, really, the funding hit, I think, just the 2019. So it was just before the pandemic. So that was definitely a navigating. You know, we had to navigate that very carefully. Um, so there's a little delays, but it took about two years, I would say, from writing, from development, writing, scheduling, kind of casting, getting everything together. Um, and that was because we were really thoughtful. And then we did have a lot of like wait time in between sort of restrictions or non-restrictions in that time frame. Um, but really, you know, it, it could be filmed a lot quicker. Uh, you know, than that we've got, the, we kind of know, we got the templates. We know what we want to do. We know how quick we can get people and how short. And, you know, that was a, that was a tricky one, but, but we did it and I'm grateful that we made it through. Now, were there any challenges with securing funding for the project? Um, you know, we had sought other places, I think, before on some similar concepts. Um, it was a little bit um, as, you know, I, I got pulled in as a contractor after they they used, um, after they were able to get the funding because I had switched jobs basically in the six months or year in between. But yeah, I, I, I don't think, no, not really any hard funding. I, Vision Makers was really attentive and quick on it, you know, and, and I'm, I'm kind of hopeful for what, what's out and possible for season two because I feel like people are going to really enjoy it, so.
Okay. And can you remind us again, when is the premiere? Yeah, so February 15th right now is a pretty locked-in date for uh, the first episode, which will kind of be about, like, why is blue corn mush so nutritious? And so you'll get to see kind of nice comedy, a little bit of great art and uh, animation, and we will kind of take you through that journey of what it all means. Okay, well, we're listening to Anthony Rodriguez, one of the creators of Indigenous, and let's bring our other creator back into the conversation, Lee Francis. And Lee, what have you enjoyed most about this project? Because compared to all your other stuff, your Comic Con and all your other cool stuff, what did you like about Indigenous? I I really, honestly, I loved working with Anthony and I loved working with the crew. I've I've done a little bit of like set work in the past and been on you know some move, some small movie roles and some things with friends. And really seeing the other side, I think Anthony, I was just, I was always just so impressed with like, you know, Anthony's work on, you know, on, on organization and, you know, and Kel and Kevin and everybody that was kind of there and how everybody was working and like the setup of the studio, like that stuff always fascinates me. So from the technical standpoint, just like the personal satisfaction, that was, you know, that was really marvelous. I think for me, you know, the other part that I really just enjoyed was, being able to see all of this work come to life, right? Because it starts out as a writer in your head and you have this idea and you're like, this is going to be hilarious. And then we kind of get on set and it would be like, this is terribly written. And so we'd have to kind of like revise and <laughs> rewrite on the fly. And every, I, you know, I'd look at it and I was like, and I, I made the joke, I think every time we shot, I was like, who wrote this terrible dialogue? What is going on here? You know, and, <laughs> And a little bit of, you know, self, uh, you know, deprecation. But, but honestly, like, you, you don't really know from the writer's standpoint until you actually see it on the feet, right? And then, and even if you're the host, right, you start saying the lines and you're like, I'm not sure why I wrote this the way I did, but it definitely does not play as well when you're trying to say it out loud. Or, you know, the transition is kind of awkward. Um, or, you know, so on and so forth. And so I think that was really just a, a, a fun an exciting part of seeing that behind the scenes and then seeing how it all comes together with the blue screen and, and the amazing cast folks and, and the actors that we got in to, to just play kind of fun and crazy. I think that, you know, Tony hits kind of the part that, that I really enjoyed was the chance to be, you know, to be funny about some of this stuff. Right. I, I think I was very much by inspired by Adam ruins everything, right. These, these kind of, or, um, you know, what is it? Uh, good eats, right. This, this, these cold opens, that are that are just kind of funny and satirical that lead you into the show and and having that for native folks because we don't have a lot of that right because a lot of the work that we often see is documentary based and so the documentary has very you know it's, it's serious and you're and you're documentarizing and i was wanting to do something really you know uh celebratory and and celebrating the indigenous and the brilliance of native people and so adding that humor to it and watching everybody play around with that and just, you know, kind of laughing and being like, this is, this is you know, this is, what are we doing? I was like, it's silly. Native folks get to be silly, too. And then, you know, seeing it come to life, just hearing the, the last little bit that you played, I remember that whole, you know, that whole, I remember shooting that day. And I was just thinking about this because I didn't get to see the other part of it because that was, uh, you know, Jawan Lakota, who was, you know, doing you know, in, the, in the car and he's driving by. So I didn't see anything that was going on until everybody kind of pulls up to me as we start filming. So, so yeah, that's, that's been just the best part, I think for, for me personally to, to, 
to, to be a part of such an amazing, incredible, creative crew of so many people that helped put this together, and to as the writer to get to see the work just come to life and and uh, you know and and hopefully be inspirational and you know dynamic for for our communities, for young folks, for native and non-native folks alike. Sure, yeah, and you mentioned you know the the humor and the entertainment aspect, and my late father-in-law he would do a lot of cultural education programs. And he used to always use this phrase, uh, edutainment. You, you, you got to give them a show. You got to make it, you got to engage. And especially nowadays with so many, we're being pulled in so many different directions at once. There's so much stuff on YouTube and social media in order to get people turned down to these ideas and these topics. You need that approach. You need to make it fun. You need to make it humorous, entertaining. And, uh, Anthony and, and Lee have certainly done that in grand fashion. So folks, again, we're having a really, really interesting conversation. Please call in with any questions or comments. 1-800-996-2848. You're listening to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce, and we'll be right back after this break. Are you a Native American healthcare provider, recovery counselor, social worker, domestic and sexual abuse advocate, or traditional healer working in Native American communities? Dr. Ruby Gibson will begin a seven-month advanced immersion in healing historical trauma. This online masterclass looks through the lens of a seven-generational recovery approach to provide powerful, proven modalities and is offered tuition-free to tribal members. Registration deadline is February 21st. Info at freedomlodge.org who support this show. Thank you for tuning in to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. We're focusing on a new TV show called Indigenous on New Mexico PBS. The show takes viewers into the fascinating science and technology of indigenous knowledge and culture. And there's still time to comment, make a suggestion, or ask a question for the creators of this native version of Bill Nye the Science Guy. The number to call 1-800-996-2848. Lee and Anthony, I got to tell you guys, um, you inspired me after watching the clips of Indigenous. I created a top 10 signs, a list, top 10 signs that you are an Indigenous nerd. Lee, what do you think? You want to hear it? Yes, please. That's awesome. <laughs> Anthony, how about you? Yeah, sounds great. I, I love the coin term and I, I, we're going to love using it this year. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Top 10 signs that you are an indigenous nerd. Number 10, you have a Mayan calendar hanging on your wall. Number 9, all of your pets have native language names. Number 8, you refer to a teepee as the world's first recreational vehicle. Number 7, you bake DiGiorno pizza and hot wings in an outdoor adobe oven. Number six, you've ditched your Under Armour moisture wicking sportswear for a gut skin parka. Number five, you wear snowshoes in July. Number four, you're disappointed because there are never any Native American words when you're playing Wordle. Number, th <laughs> number three, you're listening to Native America calling right now when you could be playing Wordle instead. <laughs> Number two, you've taught your children to count down the days until Christmas by untying knots on a rope. 
That's awesome. <laughs> and the number one sign, you're an indigenous nerd. You're planning an indigenous premiere party at your house, and you're serving blue Ooh. corn popcorn and an Atoli punch bowl. Bravo. Oh my gosh. Genius. Lee and Anthony, you guys have started a revolution. Um, You know what? We've got a caller on the line. We've got Lanny. He's listening on KMHA in Fort Berthold. Lanny, you're on the air. Hello, gentlemen. I I admire uh, the efforts that you have for. Uh, bringing across some really important information regarding uh, some of our uh, our knowledge. And uh, I just wanted to say that sometimes some of that knowledge might cross into ceremonial or uh, medicine lines that have uh, people have a certain license to or rights to. And uh, I would just suggest in that you might have an advisory board of some elders that can uh, help you balance some of that knowledge, so it, it doesn't uh, it doesn't offend some of the people who have those uh, rites and those bundles and those ceremonies. So uh, you can continue on with uh, some backup and support. And I just wanted to say that because, like you might be mentioning something about uh, blue corn, and there might be somebody that has a, a medicine, a ritual, and uh, and to kind of humor it or to kind of kind of uh, put it in kind of a nostalgic place may offend some people. So if you have a council, of, maybe a council of advisors to help you balance that as you uh, communicate that information, I think uh, you would you would make your, uh, make your uh, entity a little bit stronger. So that's all I wanted to say, and I just look forward to looking at your information. Thank you. Well, Lanny, thank you so much for that suggestion. Re- really good point. And I'd like to go ahead and ask uh, Lee, have you, do you have an advisory board, like Lanny suggests, elders who chime in on some of these topics and the best way to approach them? We do. And that was one of the first things that we set up. Uh, originally, we, we, we vetted through the scripts. We made sure that uh, even the topics that we were covering were things that we very much were, were clear or as much as we tried to, as, as possible as, as we could, to not veer into the, you know, the ceremonial territory, right? Some of the stuff with, with you know, the protocol territories. Um, you know, Anthony and the team really did a good job of making sure that we had elders and Native science folks. So it wasn't just, you know, us sort of barreling through being like, we're going to make this great show to the natives, you know, kind of thing. It was, <laughs> no, we, we recognize, and all the work that I've done has been, you know, within that frame of understanding how do we get, you know, the, 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 the widest array of folks to kind of take a look at the work as much as we can in terms of timeframes and et cetera, right? You know, we can't talk to every Native person in, in the United States and in the world around this, but we try to get really valued judgments um, and folks, you know, that can look at it from elders to culture keepers to, um, you know, to journalist folks to scientists uh, to give us their takes on the scripts that we ran with. And a lot of them, you know, again, trying to really uh, using this just as a touch point, right? So in, in some ways, this is not even going to like deep knowledge. We talk about ancestral knowledge, but we're not going to like really deep 
cultural pieces, we're talking about some of the, the, the innovations on, on almost like a 101 level. We just want you to get the first part of this. And if it inspires a young person to go and talk to their elders and to go and talk and learn more within the community and the traditional pieces, because not all of these traditions are the same. We'll talk about, you know, blue corn, but that, you know, blue corn mush and, you know, that, that we also call it tole, but it's got other names. And our relatives to the north don't, don't necessarily have that, right? Maybe in some trade, mm-hmm. but that's not a thing for them, right? So this is also a chance for us to kind of like teach each other and learn from each other. And all of our young folks in Indian country and Turtle Island can kind of learn, you know, uh, a little bit about the stuff, um, you know, appealing to a digital generation. So, so yeah, to, to that point, um, you know, we definitely tried to be as, um, you know, uh, authentic and genuine and responsible and respectful as possible in each one of these episodes, even still while maintaining, you know, fun and celebration and joy and silliness, the underlying point was that we, that I personally as a host and a writer have a responsibility to all these communities to, to reflect um, these traditions, these innovations uh, to the best of my ability. And, you know, we, we do the best we can. And I, and I know sometimes, you know, we have, there, there's probably going to be like, someone's like, Oh, you misspelled that. Or you didn't say it. And I was like, absolutely. I'll totally take, you know, the critique, but always I like folks to know that, you know, we, we come at this with a good spirit um, and Anthony and crew made sure that we really approached it that way as well internally and as much as mm-hmm. I could do with the writing. Well, like we've mentioned, there are just such a wide range of native communities and regions and cultures. And I, I think the possibilities are just endless with regard to the topics that you can feature on this show. And, and again, the value of presenting this information through a native lens, such as the one that you provide, it just can't be uh, overstated. It's just so, so valuable. We have another caller on the line, Susan. She is in Lacoudere, Wisconsin, listening on W-O-J-B. Susan, you're on Native America Calling. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm really impressed, and I'm happy to hear the content of today's show, because I usually tune in on Native America Calling. But I just wanted to um, say that I'm proud to be an indigenous. I think I fit some of the things on your top ten list. But I also want to uh, give due respect as an elder and as a traditional person that a lot of these things that we are enjoying today as indigenous people have been paved, you know, the way our way has been paved by some of the elders and some of the educators. And we just lost Clyde Belcourt who passed away and was buried a little bit over a week ago. And all these things that we are enjoying, I think we need to also remember that there are many elders in our community that have made sacrifices so that we can enjoy our lives as Indigenous people. So that's really what I wanted to say today, and just keep having fun. It's cool to be Indigenous. <laughs> well, Susan, it sure is cool to be Indigenous and Indigenerd, as you as you mentioned. So uh, one Indigenerd at a time. Anthony, how does it make you feel when when a person like Susan calls in and, and offers such wisdom and guidance like she just did. I really love the feedback from the elders in the community. That, like we said, that was something that we wanted to be careful of, of not going too deep into traditional knowledge where 
we were getting any, you know, stepping on anybody's toes and on anybody's toes or really doing things that we weren't supposed to. Um, and so, yeah, like those are the places where I think they're going to be our, our check and balances, right? They're going to let us know if we're doing this right or if we're representing it right. Um, and I love that, that, that we're going to get that because we, we need engagement from the audience. We want them to help us choose some topics. We want them to let us know when our topics, you know, if, if we've missed you know, quoted something or misinformed something, we'd love to get that back so we can fix it because we want, um, you know, really to tell people the truth about the history um, of indigenous peoples and its its major influence on what we're doing. So to hear the elders already interested and, and, and excited and then giving us things, you know, like elders do, sharing their wisdom to help us out along the way, exactly what we need and exactly why elders are also, right, our indigenous folks. Absolutely. And Anthony, what is the best way for viewers and listeners to connect with you and Lee? Yeah, uh, right now, uh, most of them are going to distribute on New Mexico PBS's YouTube. Now, you can get in contact with myself or Lee. Lee has Instagram and Facebook. I as well have an Instagram and Facebook. You can find Lee at Pueblo Jones. You can find me at Tony Duke City, being here in Albuquerque. And so we'll be sharing a lot of stuff on our own pages. Um, and then also go follow at New Mexico PBS. Go take a look at, at Vision Makers Media. Um, and, of course, go follow at Native American Calling. And all the folks that are really going to be involved in spreading this around, go, go take a look. Go, go follow their pages. Go check it out. And you'll see it spread around, and you'll be able to watch that show both on YouTube and also some New Mexico PBS platforms, um, which they've graciously done, which is on their web, on demand. So there's going to be kind of two places, as well as sharing across Facebook, Instagram. So it should be everywhere in your view. I hope to get a lot of, a lot of people involved. Okay. And Lee, can you give us a glimpse of any more concepts that we might learn about in upcoming shows? Oh, gosh. Uh, trying to think through the 12 episodes. I, I always fall on the ones that are like cosmetics. We had a really great time talking about cosmetics and skincare. Uh, that one was, was really fun. Um, yeah, I, I, even speaking with the elders, you know, and, and the folks that were calling, like we did the one on waterproofing. And really taking that elder knowledge, like we were talking about how, you know, like the, the sort of like we call it a show called Guts. That's one of our little cold opens, right? And it's like using, you know, this, this ancestral knowledge, this elder knowledge, and a lot of these elders are, are wisdom keepers, right, in this. So I think everything that we're doing is kind of touching on, you know, on, on the importance of, of elder knowledge and how that's passed, you know, that's how that's been passed on to us. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to think, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't even remember the whole rundown treaties. We talk about treaties as the whole idea of like, um, political science, right? We're using the science terminology. So treaties is political science and, you know, our, our like the whole, you know, great law of peace and how that was the predecessor for, you know, uh, American democracy, essentially, right? Like, you know, how we showcased how that could work that wasn't under a monarchical, a monarchical system. So, yeah, those are a couple of the other shows. Um, I know we'll have a whole list to run down when we launch everything. And, you know, and then hopefully, you know, we get people excited about it. We get to keep doing this. I think my biggest, my biggest hope is that people are like, hey, you didn't talk about this. And I'll be like, that's awesome. Give us the ideas for the next <laughs> set. This is what we want to do. The more excited you get about wanting to see something, 
the more that we get the chance to make more shows. So somebody posted on mine, they want to see sh- snowshoes. You just said snowshoes on your thing. And I was like, snowshoes. Oh, <laughs> we need to do snowshoes. So I'm hoping we get the chance, you know, the more, the more, uh, the, the, you know, the, the, the more folks give us great feedback and, and, you know, get excited about the work, the, you know, the better chance we have to, to, uh, to put, uh, you know, to put some snowshoes and some other things, uh, you know, for, to be creative around that moving forward. Well, you know, you've been creating Indigenous content for a long time. Obviously, this new show, Indigenous, you've got your Comic-Con, you've created comics as well. Um, you know, we do have to wrap up the show here in about another minute. But if you could, I mean, can you, what are your thoughts? Is there more awareness of Native-led media right now than there was back when you started doing this kind of work? Absolutely. It has been amazing. I, I, I have conversations with friends and colleagues and work folks just constantly about how much awareness there is of Native folks, and not just in the traditional media. I mean, we have, there's been some great television shows and, and you know, the, the, the dramas, the sitcoms, and more cinema that's been coming out, both independent and mainstream, but but all like the influencers, we're seeing young people taking control of this type of media and making their own content and, you know, and, and pod from podcasts and, and more radio. Like the fact that native folks are accessing this media and really with a desire to create stuff that, that would appeal to them, the indigenous in the house, right? It's the native folks being like, you know what? There's not a sports show out there. I'd really like to have a sports show that talks about natives and sports and just like res ball, just like we're just going to talk res ball on a podcast <laughs> for like an hour, and we're going to do that every week. That's amazing, right? Like I think yeah. that's so exceptional, and that has been just the beauty of this last six, seven, ten years that I've really been doing this work. It's just been incredible to see. Well, Indigenous nerds, I'm sorry, but we've reached the end of the hour and our conversation with Dr. Lee Francis the Fourth and Anthony Rodriguez. Thank you both for sharing your creative inspiration and vision for promoting indigenous knowledge and culture through the modern mediums of internet and television. Join us next week for discussions about the settlement over opiate addiction, financial investing, recognition for young native leaders, and another installment of our Black History Month series with a historical look at Black Wall Street. Our executive producer is Art Hughes. Our producer is Andy Murphy. Marino Spencer is the engineer production help this week by Luella Bryn. Nola Daves Moses is the distribution director and Bob Peterson is the network manager for Native Voice One. Clifton Chadwick is our national underwriting sales director. Antonia Gonzalez is the anchor for National Native News. Charles Sather is our chief operations officer. The president and CEO of Kahanic Broadcast Corporation is Jacqueline Salee. I'm your host, Sean Spruce. Thanks for listening. Do you have stories to tell? Vision Maker Media funds Native American and Alaska Native long and short documentaries at all stages of development and is currently seeking proposals intended for PBS television broadcasting through their public media fund. These projects should represent the cultures, experiences, and perspectives of Native Americans and Alaska Natives. Deadline for submissions is Friday, February 11th at visionmakermedia.org who support this program. 
Native America Calling is produced in the Annenberg National Native Voice Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico by Kwanak Broadcast Corporation, a native nonprofit media organization. Funding is provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with support from the Public Radio Satellite Service. Music is by Brent Michael Davis. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.